Many years ago, when Lorraine and I were just starting to investigate supernatural and occult phenomena, we began looking into the history of the state we love so much, and the state we're happy to call home, Connecticut. You can't be here very long without beginning to sense the fantastic history of the place. Fantastic in two respects. In the Revolutionary War, for instance, Connecticut provided not only strong and willing soldiers, but also huge supplies of food, clothing, and armaments. Connecticut played such a key role in supplying American troops, in fact, that George Washington himself called us the Provision State. Connecticut is fantastic in the other sense, too. From its inception in the early 1600s, when colonists fought the brave and fierce Pequot Indians, our state has been steeped in supernatural and paranormal lore. Even before Washington and his troops marched, villagers in various settlements reported strange events taking place. One man reported that his daughter had been bedeviled, and that at nine years of age, she was able to stare at an object and set it afire. Today we call this ability psychokinesis. Not long after this, a woman confided to neighbors that beings had taken over her house. The woman constantly heard banging in the walls and bells ringing in the next room, and heavy footsteps near her bed at night. Yet when she looked, she found nobody. This was obviously an early and relatively mild case of poltergeists. A few decades later, a teenage boy confessed to a Puritan minister that he frequently saw and spoke with the young girl his parents had forbidden him to see, even though the girl had killed herself by drowning two years earlier. The boy was adjudged mad. Then there were the witches. No region of the United States ever had a period to match early New England's obsession with witches and witchcraft. A witch is a person who supposedly received magic powers from evil spirits. In early New England, witches were dreaded for many reasons. It was believed, for example, that a witch could put a curse not only on you or a family member, but wipe out your crops or make your cows suddenly go dry. Some midwives swore that they had actually seen witches give birth to monsters. At this time, it was also widely believed that witches rode through the air on brooms. All you had to do was wait till midnight and watch the moon, and there, crossing it in silhouette, would be a witch. Today, we consider all this to be sort of silly. While there are indeed evil spirits, and while people do become demonically possessed, the old images of witches don't hold much interest for most people. Perhaps witches would be a little more frightening to us if we knew how people thought to be witches were treated. In Europe, witches were tried and executed by the thousands. In certain of the more famous witch trials, children testified against their own parents, then later presided over the execution of those parents. In one case, where an influential man lusted after a certain unobtainable woman, he simply told the court that the woman's husband was a warlock or a male witch. The husband was soon tried and burned at the stake. Matters weren't much better in New England. People watched their neighbors closely for devil's marks. These could be anything from a mole that didn't hurt when pricked with a pin 
to an odd-shaped birthmark. Neighbors actually reported other neighbors as witches with such evidence. In one year, 1692, Massachusetts alone executed 19 people as witches. In the early 1700s, a new test for witches was devised. If a suspected woman was thrown into the fast currents of the Connecticut River and drowned, then she was most clearly not a witch. If she survived, that is, if she knew how to swim, then she was a witch.